When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Trample Bet Podcast for Saturday the 3rd of April 2021. I'm your host John Walker and with me as always is Andy Vaughn. Hello. And Gordo. Hello. How you doing? Great. Great. Really good. We were just discussing, Andy, your excitement for the baseball season starting. Oh, cannot wait. April 1st, opening day, games are plenty. Back to back to back to back. So from about 6 o'clock on Thursday night, that'll be me until whatever it just... Whatever the last game's final pitch is thrown. Um, I, I went, I've, I've been to one baseball game in my life and I've never watched the sport outside of this game, right? And I was pure buzzed to go. I was in, where was I? I was in Washington. So it was, what's Washington's team? Nationals. Nationals. Versus Atlanta Braves, right? And I'd looked at I was like, oh, baseball must be like super exciting because it must be fucking high scoring, loads of runs all the time. This will be absolutely amazing. And I think they were part of like a, a seven game series or a five game series. Uh-huh. Um, and the previous game had been like 2-1 uh-huh. I would have like, loved that I was like how the fuck does a baseball game finish two? that means only two of your team got runs you only yes. get two home that's awful but the game I went to was like 7-6 and I was ah, like oh, cool. this was fucking excellent this see I like, love it I love a good pitcher's duel I'm all for that oh, mate, I'm, I'm a simpleton I was there to see that and see people in costumes run around the pitch yeah, which you do see in Washington yeah. wonderful yeah. previous presidents and things like this excellent I wanted to maximise my simple brain watching a simple sport drinking beer that was all that is the, what, one of the it's really good for that yeah. and I got, I got it I got it but you guys did a, a Patreon episode which is now we available did. to the public everyone can go listen to it yeah so uh, the Trample Bet 2021 MLB season preview is up on Patreon it's been up for our patrons for a week and we've made it public as of this morning so it will be uh free to free to air free to listen to uh, as gordon and i discussing how the season will pan out taking picks for the division winners in each of the six divisions what the world series will be like which individuals might win awards coming the end of the season all things you can bet on over the next couple of days before the season starts so yeah it's going to be brilliant yeah, and, and we, we did pretty well with the with the, the postseason last year as well. Correctly oh, yeah, predicting, yeah, we, all, we pretty much aced that. Yeah, the, the bracket. So I don't expect that again. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this this is us for the full season this time. But they're excited for it. How has baseball been impacted? Has baseball just ran as normal just to no crowds? No. no. They did like a 62-game season 60, last year. 60-game season 60 last year. Game. So norm, normally each team plays 162 games a season. So right. last year was heavily shortened, sixty-game season. Um, but Basically, they, everyone and, gets and, the and playoffs. Players, <laughs> players were all allowed to opt out of the year, and, and a few took that option. You know, saying at the beginning, "Yeah, I don't want to be on the roster this year because of COVID concerns," and that was totally fine and totally accepted. And it was made clear that that was within everyone's rights to do. So last year was very strange, uh, but this year they're running the full thing. Right. Okay. okay. And there will be fans, socially distanced fans, in some stadiums. 
It's not going to be like it was pre-COVID days, but it's a hell of a lot better than it was last year. I did see the Australian roadmap, though, for Monday past. Everything's gone. All restrictions are gone. No face masks in public. No social distancing at football stadiums. Full arenas. Everything open. Everything back to normal. They've gone full hog. I think we won't be far off for American sports because that what the UFC is fully full capacity yeah. for the next event indoors in Florida. But respect Florida, not giving the, uh, a fuck. The the Australian football. I was watching one of your games at the weekend, John, and it was whichever Jamie. Who does Jamie McLaren play for? Uh, Melbourne City. Right, so watching Melbourne City and the, so the commentators were talking about oh, it's so great to have all the fans back. Like It's just brilliant to have full capacity. It's excited for that. But then 10 minutes of the game, some guy, Jamie McLaren's taking a throw in and you just hear some guy because obviously they haven't changed any of the mic levels or anything. So like, <laughs> it's still like louder than it would usually be. There's a guy that's like, Jamie, you're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was like, and I think it's, who's the... Who's the guy who sometimes interacts with us on Twitter? Um, Mark Bosnich. Mark Bosnich was like, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. We obviously, it's great to have the fans back, but you can't really control <laughs> what, they, <laughs> what say. they say or do. Yeah. I mean, I, as someone that's been to thousands of football games uh, across my, uh, you know, in my life and been a season to get older at Dundee United, it'd be weird going back to football, having had it. You know, I hope I still like it as much. Yeah, oh, I'm worried. I'm, I'm worried that the first day we're allowed back, like, see if it's not until next season, and it's like October, and my first experience is sitting on a plastic seat in Hamilton, getting rained on. Like, <laughs> you know, I, am I going to love that as much as I think I love it? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think because I've been I've been back playing fives, Andy, and I kind of said to myself, once fives and coaching gets back, I'm never going to try and look outside at like two o'clock in the afternoon and see it pissing down the rain and go, I might try and get somebody to replace me at fives. <laughs> and, and to be fair, like I was at coaching on Monday night and it was pissing it down and I was sitting in shorts and t-shirt and I was like, Aye, I'm never going to moan about this again. Like I'm, yeah. I'm never going to moan about this ever again. This is perfect. This is exactly where I need to be all the time, getting yeah. fucking rained on in shorts and t-shirt, whilst it's quite mild outside. Um, but I, I thought you were going to say something like God will see when he was like Jamie you're a fucking cunt I thought you were going to say like, sorry I'm um, sorry for any language you heard there um, it's actually James McLaren <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, last week we did do uh, a condensed pick episode because it is international weekend and still fucking these international breaks I can't believe we're still in it like we've recorded two oh. episodes whilst international football has been on like that. I, I, I'm not even that bothered. I'm not even that bothered about the results. Like, it's just something that's happening. Can I just be a pure pessimist here? Is this the earliest you've ever felt like Scotland have been knocked out of World Cup qualifying? Come no, I no, because because so. I remember sitting on the Church of the Hill at Hamden after we drew with Serbia. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and we started that campaign with two draws, and it was after the uh, two home draws, and it was after the second one. I just remember sitting there in an empty Church in the Hill, going, "That's it, done." After two games, and and. It's terrible, not just for sports fans, but for the whole economy around Glasgow. Because pubs should have been full that night. Uh, and I was sitting in an empty Church in the Hill pub with a few other despondent people going, Oh well, that's it. Poor bar owners. They're not getting all the <laughs> they're not getting all the intake. So yeah. no, I don't I don't think it is the earliest that we've well, certainly don't get a result. If we don't get a result against the Pharaohs, it, it, we're definitely done. Well my my biggest concern I, I said this a couple of times to my mates, right? That Austrian team are hyped to the hill. They're not mm. fucking good, by the way. We should have, we, we we could have beat them 
we definitely could have beat them. And I feel the exact same same way with Israel as we could have beat them. And I think for, I watched Denmark against Israel before our games on Thursday night last week. Denmark looked fucking good. Mm. And that is it Dolberg up top. Um, Boyd, he looks fucking good man I'm I'm like right I was I, I can't see us beating Denmark home or away and then I'm like right well no. dropping points to Austria is a problem you had to really go and do a double header with Israel who by the way I'm fed up of fucking seeing oh, I, I, if I never see Scotland Israel play again I'll be a happy man Con, Conroy said last night there's an Israel player that's had nine senior caps and they've all been against Scotland <laughs> <laughs> and, then went, and, then I, and I went like he must have missed two of the games then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking all the time man but oh. um, out of the picks that I made the, the one I need to highlight was Ireland v Luxembourg I thought after seeing Ireland for an hour against Serbia where they lost 3-2 but they were 2-1 up after the hour I thought they looked really good for 60 minutes and I did say during the recording I listened back when I was like ready to go I fancy Ireland at 49 and I went I didn't even realise Luxembourg had beat Montenegro recently. Like that was a kind of bit where, oh, fuck. Luxembourg are good. Like they took the lead against Portugal last night and were good for an hour. And they put that kind of Iceland feel about them for yeah, a couple that, of years that, ago. That's it. It's full of, well, from like, and maybe I'm being ignorant here, but from what I assumed from what I knew about Luxembourg, it's definitely a load of immigrants that they have playing for them now. It's loads of people that have switched nationality and moved to Luxembourg. Because mm-hmm. they've all got like yeah, not Gelson Fernandez, Juan Fernandez is a centre forward just now, who only mm-hmm. transferred over like three years ago. So they've obviously got a good influx of new players. Um, but they looked really dangerous. So I said Ireland. I wish I'd looked at Luxembourg at twelve to one. Like from the minute that game started, I watched them and they are set up really well and their front two are really dangerous. And they got they yeah. got a goal late on. Ireland should have actually taken the lead before they scored. But Ireland Ireland are Ireland are close to needing their Bertie Vokes cycle. Yeah, their the cycle of lights going back to finding it, English players who aren't going to play international football, investing in youth and just hoping for it to blend together because they they look they look as bad as they, they look worse now than we did after like France ninety eight in the two thousand and two World Cup qualifying. They I'm looking at some of their players and going, ugh. Like if you consider Seamus Coleman looks like the standout and he's what 31, 32 now. Yeah. So he's maybe got one cycle left in him. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, there, there. And I don't and I feel like you're seeing more and more Scottish players appear in the Premier League now. And I think we're slowly taking what was the position of our all Irish players like fifteen years ago. <laughs> where we now seem to be getting I'm like, I'm going, we're getting players at a good level. Mm-hmm. I think they'll struggle. So basically what I'm saying is from my picks last week, the one thing I learned was I'm not back in Ireland. Ever well, now. So the one the one thing one thing I found really interesting over the, the internationals thing before we actually went to the results was I was kind of keeping tabs on some of the other internationals like the the North and Central, the World Cup qualifications, so like the CONCAF stuff and obviously African Cup of Nations is on it. See some of the teams that are playing in these things, just fa- like genuinely fascinating. The entire Montserrat starting eleven plays lower league English football. The entire, entire, like, where AFC flight. So, sorry, I'm being told, um, where, is, where is Montserrat? Well, they were playing El Salvador, so I'm assuming somewhere in the Caribbean. Right. Um, so, Montserrat it was a, a, a British overseas territory, or may still be. They've got a little British flag in the corner, right? But the entire team is just, like, 
folk who are clearly nationalizing Britain and were like, Montserrat the passport, count me in. Right. And, <laughs> yes. And they've, That's and class. they've went, and so like there's they've got players like let me just click on one here, right? So this is Nathan Pond, AFC Flight midfielder, age thirty-six, ninety minutes against El, El Salvador at the weekend. Brilliant. Then we've got Adrian Clifton, Dalian in Redbridge, age thirty-two. Like okay. this just like it's just great. I don't think there's a single there was one of their players. So there was one of the players I was like, right, okay, that he I've heard of him before, and it's Rohan Ince, who plays for Maiden, Maidenhead, and it's only because he played against, he was in an FA Cup run recently, and I can't remember who he was playing against, but they were a team of note, and it was on the BBC. Um, but their whole team, and it's great because their whole team must just be like, there's no chance I'm getting a cap for England, and like you can't Shea Adams your way into that, our Scotland team all the time. So Montserrat it is, and they got a nice, a good draw at a price of 72 against that El Salvador. That's class. A game between Big fan of that there. A game between I've not really been Wild watching. and like Maidenhead and like two players walking off a pitch going, oh, you going to try that game, eh? Yeah, you going to try that away, <laughs> eh? I, I wasn't, I don't, I don't follow the internationals at this stage that closely, but I was aware Japan beat Mongolia 14 nothing, which is see incredible. <laughs> Four of the goals came in the last three minutes. Brilliant. Ruthless. That's just that oh, we can't be bothered anymore. See teams like that, they must just look at the records. Like, you know that, um, was the record 31 now? That Australia yeah, did so let's just avoid that. Once you get to like 10 down with 90th minute, you're like, right, guys, it's fine, we're protected that. We get, we get uh, live, live another day. We've no broke mm-hmm. any records yet. But, uh, do, you know, do you know what bugs me? See, see just in reference to that 2002 World Cup qualifying campaign where we were like, what, five minutes away from taking Belgian spot? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally look at Belgium since then. I know. Like the two spy uh, they've hit they've hit eight goals four times since Martinez took charge. It's the guy who totally gets how they should play. And just something also, understands how so see this myth of like, oh you can't play international it's too hard to embed a style of football in international football because you only get them for it. But no, it's not it's obviously not, because like but Belgium play exactly like Wigan and Everton did. Yeah, like exactly. but, yeah, but with all of the players that they wish they could have signed at that point, <laughs> essentially they've just Martinez has went. I'll go to a nation where I can have, and I mean they, they constantly develop very good new talent as well. Uh, okay, no, he's one of the hardest working managers there was. There was like stories of him back in the day when he was he was a league manager of like the setup in his front room in his house having like ten televisions with. Uh, reruns of previous games on it and VHS cassettes of whatever he could find from the past and yeah apparently he's a, he's a guy that knows his stuff but just but worked incredibly hard on um, scouting opposition and setting up for specific games so I'm glad to see that he's got the success that I think he deserves being a stats guy and before we move off the last thing I will say was a point I was going to make with Scotland is see the Austria and uh, Israel games and even tonight, I feel that we'll see the same style of football. We won't give we won't give Pharaohs the respect to sit off them. But see, any team that we come up that's not a Fairways, he's going to set up the same way, and it's all in preparation for these Euros. Nothing else matters to him, and I really think it's like a short sighted. He's just focused on that because we're going to play that way against Croatia, England, and Czech Republic. We're going to play a three six one. That's we're going to sit our five four one whatever. I mean, it fucking varies. Or every time you look at it, the pitch looks different. But it's a back five with four in front of it. Um, so he's not going to change. But realistically, you play Israel and we used to beat them and we used to beat Austria. But you're so insistent you want to set up for this Euros that it's just going to be that way. 
Like that's what it feels like to me, and it makes me consider that he's probably going to fuck off um, mm. once the Euros are done. Because if he gets us out of that group, he's going to have offers, right? That's going to actually happen. What, to be fucking first minister if he gets us out of that group. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'd put him after that. Well, mate, even Malta took uh, Croatia into the last twenty minutes last night at nil nil. I don't. I don't think our group is as horrific as it could have been. Like Croatia no. three years ago, yes, were the second best team in the world. They got to the mm-hmm. World Cup final, but they were held to Malta, and they, they, I've seen them struggle in other games as well. Like I like how we we went for this. This the start of this podcast was we hate internationals, but all we've done is talk about them for half an hour. <laughs> 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 uh, and we'll get back to it as well because I've got something to talk about that. Japan Mongolia game, but we'll do that when we get on to your picks okay. for this week, Sandy. But right, so a quick recap of what we had. I had a treble from the A League. I had two goals in the second half of Melbourne City Western Sydney Wanderers that came in. I had two goals in the Central Coast Mariners Melbourne victory that didn't. There was only one goal, and I took Perth Glory Newcastle Jets goal in the first half that also came in. But we chose my Western Sydney Wanderers over one point five second half as part of our charity treble. Yep, uh, I, I took two large price selections, Tranmere at home to Mansfield and Zwickau away at Uerdingen, and they were 21-10. to 10. Both those games ended one all, um, which was fine for me being on the, the outside of both of them. Um, and the charity pick was Zwickau to not lose their game um, at Uerdingen, which obviously getting a draw means another successful charity pick in. Uh, neither of my draws came in um, rather disappointingly the clo- the first one was Leon versus Annecy and Annecy took a 3-0 away win I'm actually back in Annecy this week because they've had a couple of good weeks where I think they've they've, they've re-signed a couple of players kind of Gretna-esque they've went to the they've went to the <laughs> lower leagues of lower France and were like yeah we're picking up the best guys here and the, the, so they picked up about, I think six points from the last I think it's six points from the last two games and then another couple and draws. Uh, but the most disappointing and the thing that let the charity down was Concarno versus Bergen Bress uh, had taken that as a draw and it was a 1-0 away win. Um, all coming in the 72nd minute. I mean, in that game, there was no cards. There was hardly any corners. Basically nothing happened. Like, all there was was that one goal. Like, there's, there's no... If you, if you look on Flash Score at it, that's it. There's just one tiny little, this is bonus Patreon content. If you look at there's just that little little goal in there and that's it. Um, so disappointing on that one. But um, yeah, it, the, interna- the internationals actually make some of the lower leagues difficult as well because these, especially when the um, when CONCAF stuff's on, the AFCON's on as well, because a lot of the African Cup of Nations teams pick players from those kind of different uh, French sides. Specifically, um, but that was that was really disappointing in there. That's actually something that'd been good to know. To be honest, see if there's like a a database you can go to and find out the largest impacted leagues. Like, see that thing you talked about, the team that are playing El Salvador. Yeah, if, if they have, like, because what it'll be is seeing the UK, especially just now, there'll be no wiggle room. So, see if you are a national conference side that have randomly got five African players. You can't cancel that game because there's no wiggle room mm. to play these games elsewhere. Your game will yeah. have to go ahead with five players missing, and there's no way a bookies is going to know that. You're just yeah. going to have to pick that up. Um, but I, how did the cycle one go on? The one you were going to put so on? There, there is an, he came fifth, but tied 
So the problem is with the bookies, right? So if you back this on Bet365, you get three places. So 28 to 1, he came fifth, but he was in the bunch that was third. So all their times are like, so when you, if you look at the actual race finish, there's a guy in first, a guy in second, and then there's a block of people that come in first, uh, third, because they came in as a group. So he was two wheels off of getting as a place in there. Oh, wow. So I was really disappointed with that. But so it's really open to manipulation there, doesn't it? What do you mean? Like, like you can see at the end the. Like they all just go right. You, you lead the group home. That does are they that bothered? Are they, are, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, are they that no, bothered? There's, pri- there's prizes for specific, um, like the top ten placings all get different payouts. So there's an incentive to get to that, but the payouts are sometimes shared with a team because quite a lot of the, so quite a lot of these things are team events, and then they launch a sprinter at the end. So if your sprinter's getting all the money. And you're going, hey, yeah. well, I fucking carried you for 35 miles where you sat behind me. It, the, the, the pots are shared out. But um, yeah. yeah, so I was quite close with that one. And it wasn't a favourite that won it. The guy who won it was 40 to 1. Um, so it was Matthew, so Matthew Vanderpoel was third to the 72 favourite. Um, so yeah, it, we were close with it, but but not enough for a place. Yep. So that was one of the first internationals we've ever done. So we got some picks in there, we got some value back, but. Yeah, we don't normally do one. Hopefully better luck this week. So this week's picks for Saturday the 3rd of April 2021. I'm going to start and I'm in Croatia instead of the A-League in Australia. I'm going for Zabinek versus Dinamo Zagreb. I'm going for the wayside Dinamo Zagreb at two to seven. So a really, really high odds pick from me. Um, Zagreb are in seven wins in a row, not conceded a goal. Goal difference is plus sixteen. Zabinek in a ten-game spell in the league have one win in those ten, four draws, five defeats, and a minus eight goal difference. One to three, two to seven, one to three type odds is higher than I would normally take, but I think that's ridiculous price. This is like a 1-5, to 1-6. to six. I watched Zagreb against Tottenham in the, the game they knocked him out 3-0. They, they are a really, really good side. They're a really, really strong side. Zabinek's one win has come against Istra 1961, who are a team that we mock a lot with Varsadine. They are the worst two teams in this league by some fucking distance, even though Zabinek are just above the relegation zone. They're only like five points ahead. This is a really bad team playing a team who don't seem to concede goals just now. The only team that have scored in the last 10 games against them was Tottenham Hotspur in the Europa League. So they are they are a really, really strong side. I think 2-7 is really generous odds. That's Saturday night. Um, so Zabinic versus Dinamo Zagreb. I'm taking the away side. Top of the league, Zagreb at 2-7. I'm back in Japan for my banker. And that is no surprise that it's Kawasaki Frontale at home to Oita. You get a home win at John Walker odds of one to five. So top of the league, Kawasaki with 19 points from seven games. Oita five points from their five games. So obviously quite a big gulf in class. Kawasaki are a tw- uh, perfect 20 from four home matches. Scored eight goals, conceded only two in that time. Um, Oita have played away from home twice this season and they've drawn both those games one each. So I don't, I don't see Kawasaki having any problem in coming out and getting three points as a, as a banker. So the thing I was going to mention was looking at that Mongolia versus Japanese match led me mm. to go, I wonder how many players from Kawasaki's team are in this Japanese team because out with European players, it must just be filled with Kawasaki players. 
Two. Two. Only two. Yeah. Kawasaki only wow. two people in international duty. So they've kept the most of their squad. They're like they've got four Brazilians in their team, so that's the maximum of internationals they can have. And it's a lot of players that are over thirty that are in their team, which means I guess mm. they've maybe retired from international duty or decided they're stopping doing it. So I think we to have four in the squad. So Kabazaki would even be more less impacted than a team like Huita, which makes me think this is probably going to be a, an absolute scud. And the only thing that concerns me is that Huita don't lose games heavily. No, they don't generally, but they don't play Kabazaki frontal every week. Yeah, but that was kind of my thinking, because I think every time I've seen Kabazaki be picked, I think this is a game that you could get minus one or two. It's not a game I would jump on handicaps on. I could see it being tight. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. But I'm happy to have them on as a one to five, one to five oh, yeah. banker. It's also a game that's taking place at eleven AM UK time on Saturday. Oh. Uh so so good for oh, the, the watching. Late game. The yeah. late game in Japan. Um well speaking of late picks for this week, my banker rolls on Sunday. It's at eight PM and it is Marseille in the French first division versus Dijon. Dijon have lost their last eleven games in a row. They're bottom of the French league. They have they are stranded bottom of the, re- the French League with 15 points from 30 games played. Their nearest challenger is Nantes with 30 games played and 28 points. So the, the, the second worst team has almost double the amount of points that they have. Marseille are in sixth. They're not having a good season, but they're having a good enough season to beat a very <laughs> bad Dijon team. Um, Marseille were having a they lost the last game 3-0 to Nice but they get a goal varred off and they were pressing them right to the end because I watched the game because I'd taken it as a draw um, they won their two games before that against Brest and Rong um, they had a couple of games in there where you could say they're improving they started the season well they then went way off the boil and now they're kind of back to the, the average for them which is beating the lower teams but then struggling against it any times they have to play Leon or PSG or, or really anyone of quality they have enough to beat Dijon here and at 1-2 to two, I think that's a very big price uh, in the banker spot for a game in which Dijon have lost their last 11 on the spin it's very good odds, but within reason. Um, the thing I was looking at was very similar to what you said. See it with PSG and Lille. Dijon have lost a lot of these games by single goals. And looking at Marseille's record, the thing that stood out for me was the games that Marseille have won have been one that like games like one 0 one one, three two, two 0 one 0 two one, three one one one, two one, two one, two one. There's a lot of really fucking tight games for an already shite team. Um, mm-hmm. they, sh- they should beat Dijon. You fucking yeah. If they don't beat Dijon, they aren't. I mean, how much more trouble can they be in? They've already get rid of the fucking manager, right? Yeah, Can't they're already in sixth out with the European places. I mean, they still have a shout to get into them. If you look at the league overall, their their longs are three points ahead of them, and that's for the the to get into the group that you'd go into get into Europa League, but at the stage that um, Rangers and Celtic join in, uh, yeah. the, the qualifiers. Um, so yeah, I, I just if you look at a team that are bottom of the league, they played thirty games and they average half a point a game. Yeah, they're bad. Like they're they're bad. And Marseille in sixth, although they gained a lot of their points earlier on in the season, you know, Dijon have conceded fifty one goals and scored twenty. Yeah. That, that doesn't say to me. So I'm taking them at one to two in there. This was actually going to be my charity in an attempt to bolster my reputation as a charity-loving um, contributing member of the podcast. But I've got another pick at, at shite by gods for that. So <laughs> um, looking forward to looking forward to getting to that. But yeah, like Marseille in this spot, 
Yeah, I agree. Marcy should win, but um, one it would need to be one to two to entice me into taking it. Yeah, and, and do you know the historical one to three, two to seven, it'd be get the fuck. I wouldn't be taking the, the risk. The historical form doesn't add much to the the argument for them winning it either. They've drawn their last two games. They've played nil nil against each other, um, but those weren't ga- those weren't games in which uh, Dijon had lost their last eleven. So, <laughs> I like it. I'm just surprised. I'm just. I'm just surprised you never made a mustard-related yeah. pun. I did. Do you know? Do you know? I, I thought about making Dijon jokes, but I feel like that was played out. Them and Lecce have been my go-to when any time there's anything to do with kind of food, food-related puns in football. But uh, I'll try and work something up for one of the later games. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to the value. I'm going to the English Premier League. Something we don't actually normally do. It's something I very rarely do. It's Arsenal versus Liverpool, uh, Saturday, 5.30. Arsenal were almost my outsider on this, but it's so many... A lot of it's based on speculation as much as the the facts of Arteta versus Klopp. Liverpool on Wednesday have Real Madrid in the Champions League. Mm -hmm. And I think we could be excused for forgiving the fact that Liverpool probably think they can get away with this game without winning it and still go through the Champions League and still make top four and do everything but the thing that's got to be in Klopp's sight is winning the European Cup again because it's sitting there that on form Liverpool are still one of the best teams capable of winning that on their day I think one eye will be in that game for a start so I almost took Arsenal over 2-1 to 21-10 just to win but I like the double chance just the way Arsenal have been playing recently um, Arteta's played Klopp four times only lost once drawn two and won one so the double chance at 7-10 to 10 is something that I think is really fucking high value for something that happens more often than not. Um, Arteta's record came up against the, the the top six in the league, if you will, based on the last average, I think, four seasons it was. Arteta's got a really good record at Arsenal against the top teams, mm. spread over FA Cup, League Cup, Community Shield and the Premier League. So I, I really fancy Arsenal to get something out of this game. Um I, I do think they'll win because I think Liverpool will have one eye on Real Madrid. But I I think it's a very, very safe bet at 7-10 to 10 that Arsenal will at least get a draw out of this game at the Emirates. So I'm taking the double chance at 7-10. to 10. Liverpool have been really struggling. I know a lot of that struggle has came at home recently. But I still think if you look at the results overall, they they are, they are poor. I think one eye has went elsewhere because their best results recently have been the, the Leipzig games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think one eye's on the Champions League and I think Arsenal can catch them on an off day. The double, the double chance gives a nice uh, thing for me where if I back the double chance, then there are no negative outcomes. Like for <laughs> Liverpool win, 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 and then that's fine. <laughs> or the double chance and I get some cash back. So uh, fine with that. I have no co- genuinely no comment on it. Like it does, uh, we do not, I do not know who's going to turn up for Liverpool yeah. each week. Like it's, yeah, mental. My value bet is in a less famous and less appealing match um, (laughs) in Germany. Magdeburg versus Ingolstadt. And I'm going to take Ingolstadt for an away win at even money. So Ingolstadt are third in the table just now, which is joint second. Only one point behind first. So there's three teams grouped up the top there. They've got 57 points from 29 games. Magdeburg are the polar opposites. So they're 17th which is actually the final relegation spot. There's 20 teams, so there's four relegation spots. Uh, and they have 31 points from 29 games. So Engelstadt, also the form team in the league, 13 points from their last five matches. That's four wins and a draw. 
Magdeburg have decent form just now as well with 10 points from the last five. And I think that's why you're getting such a big price here on Ingolstadt at the even money mark. Um, this is a very, very important week for Ingolstadt, though, because first and second in the table, Dresden and Rostock play each other. So this is a chance for a win guarantees them moving into that automatic promotion places, the top two are automatic, the third sort of playoff place. Um, and they'll be they'll be going all out to do that with the, with definitely one of the teams above them losing points, if not both in the case of a draw. Um, so if the form team in the table against a team that are in the relegation zone with an important weekend where they have the chance to cement, their, cement themselves in the automatic places, I think Engelstadt at evens here is a very, very nice bet. Yeah, it's hard. See, the, the form of Magdeburg is the thing that threw me a little bit. And they've both played... So let me get a straight. I'll get my notes. They've both played Mannheim recently and both got outplayed. Uh, Magdeburg got beat. Ingolstadt um, won one now, But they both played Verl recently. Yeah, Magdeburg beat... Uh, Magdeburg drew. Beat, drew Ingl- and Ingolstadt drew. Ingolstadt yeah. drew one all away from home. But they had an extra they had an extra man for eighty nine minutes. The guy was sent off after a minute and a half, mm-hmm. and Magdeburg could beat four 0 But they got a guy sent off in the first half of that game. So see, just try to compare the teams have played recently based on Magdeburg's upturning form. But the other thing with that form is Magdeburg have been playing better away from home all season than they have at home. Mm-hmm. But it was just as a a precautionary message to everyone else. I like the pick. I think Ingolstadt will come in. I didn't know the extra incentive of the top two playing each other as well, which I think is fucking pretty key when you're getting to this point of the season. You need to take advantage of all this. Um, Magdeburg did get a really big win against Kaiserslautern, who are just below them in the relegation zone. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one of those games where I think Magdeburg will be cautious and happy to try and get a draw. So I think you, oh, you they'll, know, be de- they'll be delighted with the draw. So you'll see it start being the, the, more, the more aggressor um, in this. So yeah, I think, I think that'll, give, that'll lean to a lot more chances being created as well. What do you think of Rostock versus Dresden, Andy? Because I looked at that for over the over Nothing. goals line, but just I was ha- was having a look at that game, and it's it's pretty captivating in that league. Like, yeah, uh, it's exciting. I'm not betting on it. No, <laughs> not a chance. I looked at it because I was like, oh, that's the form team. Who are they buy? The other form team. I hate. That. <laughs> I fucking hate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't, don't don't touch that game. There's there's much better opportunities elsewhere. No, I think I think you're right. I was just having a look through it there. It, it looks like there'll be goals in the game, but I knew as soon as I suggested goals, I'd be like, and a fair nil-nil draw has been played out between both teams. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll move on to my value pick then. This is in the Liga Nacional. This is on Friday at six o'clock. And this is Annecy versus Cholet. So Annecy were one of the teams that I backed as a draw last week and they ran out 3-0 winners against relegation rivals Sporting Club Leon. They play against Chole, who are much further up the league than them. So Annecy are in 16th, Chole are in 5th. Um, Annecy have put a wee run of form together, however. In their last five games, they've won three, drawn one and lost one against uh, League 2 parachute uh, boys Laval, who dropped out last season. Um, Chole have... have done pretty well over the last five, five games as well. They've got two draws in there, two wins and one loss. I like Annecy in this spot because they're scoring a lot more goals than Choli. Every one of Choli's games has been under 1.5 goals in the last five they've played. They drew now with Bastia Borgo. I'm not going to take this as under 1.5 and then it's like <laughs> six each, don't worry. Um, Choli and it, they, they drew one one each with Sporting Club Leon who Annecy put three past last week. Um 
they won one nil against Stad Brioche they won one nil against Avranches and they lost one nil against Orleans. The teams that they've dropped points against and drawn against, um, Annecy have went away and beat in the last couple of weeks. I think it's a real turning point in their season and I think you'll see them get out of the, the relegation zone. And actually, if you look in the, the Liga National, it's pretty tight between 4th and 15th. Um, there's nine points in it. So it's 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 pretty bizarre in there. So Annecy on 28 points and Sholey on 30. It's separated by 10 points and 11 league places, which is it's pretty wild. It's almost like the Portuguese league where like one, two, two, two bad weeks and you're relegated and then two good yeah. weeks and you're in the European spots. Um, I like Annecy in, in, in this spot here after because I watched quite a lot of their game last week as well, even though they were thumping my pick. Um you're going to get them at six to five. That that will probably drift out because people will take surely on the off chance that their league position. People will look at that league position and go, oh, fifth versus sixteenth, taking the away team here. So I think that price will drift up a wee bit, maybe up to seven to five. So not one to take right this second if you're listening to the pod. I assume maybe Friday morning. However, if it's Friday evening, the game's about to kick off. So please take it at seven to five. I like Anna's here. So, Hopefully seven to five. Currently six to four. Uh, six to five. Yeah, I like it just on the basis of how few goals um, surely score away from home. I know they've yeah. said that they keep a lot of now nows, but it's that um, conceding a goal a game and not scoring, scoring less than half a goal a game away from home. And Annecy, although they do concede, they tend to at least score. I think they're averaging one point five goals at home. So I think they'll have enough to nick this. And I think you're on the right side of this one. Now I keep turning away for the mic and it's making really bad sound. Like, guy, can I just go in and I go down here like this? Gary will be I'll raging. Wait. If you have a look at both their squads as well, um, and which after we're talking about the AFCON as well, the guys that are scoring goals for Annecy, most of them are French and play in France. They've got one player from Cameroon who, who's, who wasn't featuring for their squad. Um, so it's not as if some of their guys are coming back. They've been there the whole time. Okay. My outsider is my my favourite pick of this week. Um, it's why it displaced Arsenal and Arsenal dropped to a double chance. It's in the Australian A League on Saturday morning. It is Brisbane Roar versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, I'm taking the wayside Western Sydney Wanderers. You can get them at twenty three to ten on a couple of bookmakers I've just looked at, but it's two to one on Best Price William Hill on the ones that are listed on Live Score. Brisbane Roar haven't won in six games. They've drawn three and lost three. Um, they, they aren't scoring a lot of goals, they've scored three goals in that time. <clears throat> Western Sydney Wonders in the last five have won three. They've only been beaten twice, and both those games were against Melbourne City, who are just unbelievable just now. Melbourne City have, are coming from nowhere. They've, I think they've got everyone back fit and playing the way they, they need to play. Western Sydney Wonders are going to win this game like so comfortably. I've watched Brisbane Roar. Brisbane Roar were the, the only team that done my banker back to back for no goals in the second half and two 0 0 draws they're really toothless up front like they really are and the way Western Sydney approach games is really attacking good possession based team Brisbane won't have an answer to this I'm really really confident Western Sydney Wonders are going to win this game comfortably as well I really really believe that I think Western Sydney are starting to with the exception of those two Melbourne games are really starting to play the football that I think Carl Robinson got Newcastle Jets playing at the end of the A-League last year and the way his MK Dons sides played he likes to play good football Graham Dorns is hinting about a form that the forwards fucking there's a, a German up front, Nicholas Muller, who is just fucking quality. Um he's absolutely brilliant. And you've got um Ebenye as well is, is hitting a bit of form. They've got good players off the bench. Western Sydney Wonders squad is immense and it's what's coming up when I'm taking all the over 1.5 goals in second halves. 
it's because of the ability they have on the bench to change games. Um, I honestly think this this game is so badly mispriced unless the lineups are announced and I find out they've got a fucking COVID problem through the squad. But I have Googled and there's nothing coming up um, at all. I probably should just have messaged fucking Ziggy Gordon and asked if anyone's dying. Has <laughs> anyone got COVID? Because it doesn't make sense. This being 21 is so badly, badly priced. Western Sydney Wonders, are, they're going to be the, the aggressor in this game. They're going to have the more chances, more of the ball. I've watched Brisbane Roar recently play Scott McDonald in every game as a right winger. Scott McDonald's 39-year-old. What's he fucking doing playing right wing now? I mean, he's a healthy 39-year-old, but they're playing one of the most potent goal scorers that's played in Scotland at fucking right wing at the age of 39. It's like play Chris Boyd at right wing, isn't it? Like, yeah. just I stick the big man out there, he'll do the damage. No, no, no. Honestly, Put him man, in the penalty honest, box. This is so badly priced. I, I will eat my own heart if I find out there's like a massive COVID issue and this is why it's this price. But Brisbane Road do not deserve to be favourites in this and Western Sydney Wonders should never be as high as 21. No fucking chance. This is a ridiculously priced match. Western Sydney Wonders will win this game. If they've got a full squad, they'll win this game comfortably. Never a 21 and it's fucking puff, man. <laughs> so for my outsider, I think I've also got something that's overpriced certainly in my eyes the Danish Superliga on Sunday at 5 past 5 UK time Norgeland versus Aarhus and Norgeland are priced up at 5 to 2 to win this match at home um, so the Danish Superliga is just split it's a 12 team league where you play each other home and away um, so that's 11 matches home 11 matches away for 22 matches and then it splits into a top 6 and a bottom 6 where you then play the other 5 teams in your group home and away again for a 32-game season. So this is the first game in the in the top tier, uh, the championship group. Um, Norgeland are the form team um, come, uh, at the end of the regular season. Uh, took 11 points from the last five games compared to Aarhus' six points. Aarhus have only won one of their, their last five matches overall. Um, their two most recent games being one-all draws with Bronby and also with Randers. Norgeland have been very solid at home all season and um, they've also beaten Aarhus the last two times that the sides have met um, so they can do it again and I think 5-2 to two, to do it again at home is, is too big a price for a game that I think is more likely a coin flip than a game that should have um, a heavy favourite and an outsider that's the way I feel I feel like a draw should be the favourite in this one um, so yeah it should, be a coin, it should be a coin flip yeah I don't understand the price myself here what's happening with this Europa conference the like new cup winners cup type thing that's came back. What is actually happening here? Because I've just no looked, I've just looked at the standings for the, the Danish league and how the positions hmm. are, and they've yep. got they've got third place going into the Europa Conference League, but fourth place going into the Europa League, and I don't understand why it's that way around because the Europa Conference is meant to be the kind of the third tier. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't know if Flash scores perhaps incorrect. There, it's gone it the wrong way. I think it's yeah. the wrong way around. Yeah, because it's meant to be the fourth place gets. Because that's what it's meant to be. So it, it's a it's a really weird split. So it's unlike the Scottish league, because in the Scottish league, um, the top six and bottom six is essentially the top six play to see who's in in Europe and yeah. win the league, and the bottom six just play to see who's relegated. So all whereas in Denmark, if you finish bottom of that, if you finish top of that bottom group you're still in with a shout European qualification oh, of course you do because it's saying it's a, the fourth place is a Europa League playoff playoff against the team that actually finishes seventh so there's, some, so there's something to so there's something to play for being the best of the worst as opposed to in Scotland 
where finishing seventh is is nothing. Yeah, even though you can get more points than sixth, fifth, and fourth. Yes. <laughs> so, so it sort of makes sense that way. It gives gives the teams that are clear of relegation something to play for. Yeah. No, I don't like that. So I, I think you're on the right side of this. I don't get why it's so heavily weighted away from Nordland. I will take you to my outsider then, uh, which is the no notification derby. I'm going to dub it. This is Osasuna versus Getafe. <laughs> and a game that has religiously been nil-nil. Uh, so if you look at this game, so uh, they played in 2020 twice. Um, there was one goal for Getafe in the, that game. Then nil-nil the game prior. Nil-nil the game before that. Osasuna are awful. Getafe are awful. They're drawing all their games. Osasuna have drawn their last three uh, three games, uh, home and away, nil-nil. Um, Getafe have drawn their last two games, one against Atletico Madrid, nil, nil, one against Elche, 1-1. One, one. Like, that is a fucking, that's a going from high to low. We're, we're holding the lead leaguers, uh, the league leaders to a nil-nil draw and then going to Elche and being like, ah, oh, we can't beat these can, useless Elche boys. Um Osasuna at home haven't scored in four games. <laughs> Hitafi away have scored twice in five games. Uh, they've won none of them. Hitafi have lost their five away last five away games in the spin. When this fixture has been played, as in Osasuna at home and Hitafi away, the last five meetings of them, three of them have been nil-nil draws, um, with the other two being Osasuna uh, winning 2-0 and 1-0. It's, I don't... I, I want to take this as the outsider as a correct score of nil nil, but don't feel there's really enough value because you guys have got such like decent outsider picks in there. So I'll take it as an individual single. You can get five to one on the correct score nil nil, which is criminally low for a fucking nil nil. Like nil nil when you look at like Premier League games is like eleven to one. And then this yeah. one it's like, yeah, it probably happens, you know, a lot. Um <laughs> so Osasuna Hitafe, if you take this game as a draw you're going to get 15 to 8 for it. Very rightly so, because the bookies think this won't be very fun. If you even look at, like, I thought, maybe I could go into the goals market and just go, like, I'll go under 2.5. Like, nothing's happening in these games traditionally anyway. Like, even those five home meetings I was talking about, there's been three total goals in the last five of them played. Under 2.5 goals is 2 to 5. Like, wow. no one's predicting fun here. Uh, there will be no fun here. There will be no goals here. Uh, I look forward to half past is it half past seven? Yeah, about half past seven when I get a notification that just says game finished um, and it'll hopefully have won me about 50 quid if I, if I put a tenner on that so quite happy to take Osasuna Hitafe as nil-nil if you want to take the shite bag option 15-8 for the draw We'll hold you to the draw God, we'll, of course. we'll hold you accountable I, I, for the draw When you're putting another 2-1 to one, when you're putting another 2-2-1 two, two to one shots in there then there's some real spice on it yeah. like if you'd went with your usual outsider where it's like 1-9 uh, and <laughs> then uh, we might have been needing some boosting but yeah happy to take that I'm going to fucking hire an analyst to go through our picks and find out who is the biggest shite bag because I think if oh, I could do, I could do that I've got a spreadsheet that's oh. got loads of stuff right, if you'd run a listener poll and it would sort it out pretty quickly remove bankers mate and you'll see that I take your charities are raining it right in you also have to add to them God was the one you actually win though no, 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 exactly it's, it's, it's better it's to win one quid win. from a £100 bet than it is lose it <laughs> Over to the charity, uh, don't need to explain this, £10 treble, all the money goes to Beats and Cancer Trust. I am going to a league that I have not visited in I think about two seasons, 
Um, I think the last time I visited this league, it was our patron saint, Pedro Cachinha, was in charge of the team that I am now picking, Cruz Azul, who are away to Juarez um, on Saturday night. You're getting um, Cruz Azul to win away at 3-4 here. This is really good odds. Cruz Azul are top of the league, away to bottom team Juarez. I'm looking at not only just that, but when I look at the last five games, Juarez lost 6-1 at home to Monterrey, who the following week Cruz Azul beat 1-0 at home. They then lost 2-0 away to Atlas, who Cruz Azul then went away to and won 3-2. So they're playing. So if I take out the, like the last three or four weeks, they've played the same teams. Juarez have been absolutely scudded on both occasions, and the following week, Cruz Azul have then beat that team. So it's top v bottom. They've played similar teams. They're getting very different results. Cruz Azul should win this comfortably, unless I'm missing something. Ignore the two victories you can see in Juarez's last two games, because that was against El Paso, who are currently in their preseason. It was two friendlies. Um, and in that time, Cruz Azul have actually won two league games since they had time off. So I don't know if there was like maybe COVID issues with some of Juarez's opponents and they couldn't play. But the two wins you're seeing on their record were two preseason friendlies. And as Andy, you sent some of Kansas City's preseason um, performances. Those American teams aren't playing the best players in this preseason. Have They're you shared really that not. on fa- Have you shared that on Facebook yet, Andy? No, but I will. Please um, share. It's just the defending leading up to oh the, the goal thing. God. The Portland Timbers score against Kansas City. Incredible. It's like these guys have never played football before. Probably Wonderful. haven't. <laughs> <laughs> they ran track until a year ago, Andy, and they were like, right, not good enough to play NFL. We can play soccer. <laughs> but yeah, I really, really like this pick. I can't see any reasons why it's so close to even money. But yeah, Saturday night, Mexico. Juarez versus Cruz Azul. I'm taking the away team, Cruz Azul. Oh, that sounds good. I like it a lot. Uh, my charity pick easily could have been my value pick. Um, I could have swapped this with the Engelstadt game. No bother at all. Saturday, 6am UK time, Japanese J-League, Nagoya Grampus against FC Tokyo. Um, and I'm going to take Nagoya uh, for another home win. It, better than even money just now in 365, 12-11. So Nagoya, they've been going about their business very professionally this season. Um Obviously, Kawasaki are top of the league, but that's because they've played more games. Nagoya are a perfect 100% record, perfect 18 points from six matches played, scored nine times, only conceded the one goal um, this season as well. So Tokyo are a decent outfit. I expect them to finish sort of mid-table, mid to top half. Um, 11 points from six games, scoring 12, but conceding 10. So you know, the goals are, are pretty average there. However, they've only played two games away from home out of them and drew them both 1-1 against teams that aren't very good, the Uruguay Red Diamonds and a pretty poor side. So better than evens for Nagoya this win. He's tremendous value in my opinion um, and I'm happy to have that anchoring the charity treble. Yeah, I, I like this pick. The sod at home. They're really and- and uh, if, anchoring the anchor, uh, if anchoring the charity treble is what you're looking for, then, uh, well, I'll, I have something that really is contributing almost nothing to it, but <laughs> will get me a green tick on the, at the end of the, the, the week. This is uh, in the Turkish Super League. This is on Sunday at 5pm, so it probably will be the last pick, if I'm not mistaken, which is a spot I love to be in, um, <laughs> which is Passing Passa versus Besiktas. Uh, top of the league, Besiktas are playing 15th place, Kasim Pasta. 
Besiktas are on 64 points. They've played 29 games. They are three points ahead of Galatasaray and Fenerbahce and Trabzon to sport who you'd expect up the top. Kassim Pasa and 15th are two points out of the relegation zone. It's another league where between 14th and 20th, there's four points. So there's 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 not much keeping them from playing in the, the Turkish second division in here. Besiktas have been really, really good in their last 10 games. They've won six, drawn four, but Two of those games in there were cup games where they actually went on to win them later on, as opposed like after extra time. Casting passes home records pretty poor in their last uh, ten games. They've lost six, won three, and drawn one. Uh, they're losing to they're losing to teams that are big. They're losing to teams that are small. They lost to uh, the the thing that makes me most certain about this is they lost to Ezerum, who are distinctly <laughs> the worst Turkish team in the league. And that that was at the, the kind of end of January. Um, they lost to Trabzon's Sport, they lost to Hatcher Sport, they lost to Kaiseda Sport in their last game against Konya Sport, who are also mince. Um, to get a draw, Konya Sport scored in the 90 plus 2 to make it 1 0, and then Kasim Pasa came back in 90 plus 6 to make it 1 each. So, like, they left it incredibly late to get anything out of that game. A game where they were even money to win, like, they were expected to win that. Konya Sport were 11 to 4 in there. I think Besiktas are far too much for them here. And even if you look at the quality of the team that Besiktas are beating at the moment, they, they when they've had to play like proper decent teams, they've, they've managed to get results out of them. And that's that's what you want here. They had one each draw against um, Fenerbahce in their last game that they played. But if you look at some of the other teams that they've, they've, they've given doings to, it's impressive. So four to seven, you're going to get for Besiktas. I was even tempted to take the X two at one to nine, but I thought oh. I'm really going to have to contribute something in there. Um, a John Walker banker. Is, you just, you just, you just get a winner because I think the last two weeks have been John and I both picking yep. winning charity picks. Do you know what's even worse about that? that and, cl- and the thing is, we joke about it every week, but it fucking happens every week. <laughs> so, uh... right. What is worse about that is that. I took the bank, the charity bet, wrong as well last week, right? So I've been up back about four times, right? With various different <laughs> permutations that were waiting in my draw. And so I, I was down about 70 quid back in this fucking fucker, like, over the last thing. So I had, I had it, like, taken down. So it's not as if I'm not suffering for this. So that's why I've gone for low odds. And, uh, yeah, so Besiktas will hopefully do the business for me um, against Cassie Passa. They're the best team in the league. Let's just hope they go out and prove it. What's been happening in the Facebook group? Because I've missed loads. I, I would like to just sing my own praises though on calling out Lyndon Dykes. I know I'd said that I liked a double also, but my main recommendation was the Lyndon Dykes card in the Scotland-Austria game. Yeah, that was a great shout. That was a fucking set. I've, I've watched him quite a bit now that he's playing with Scotland. He's so petulant if we don't have the ball. And he got yeah. his book. He got his booking. I thought it was going to be for just randomly barging a centre half off the ball or something stupid like standing in front of a free kick. I knew it was going to be something silly mm-hmm. that he got booked for. It was never going to be a bad foul. It was going to be really petulant. And the minute that came in, I was like, yes. And Andy, me and mine and your interaction was the exact same. That fucking foul in the last minute for Scotland, uh, the on the Austrian defence. I was like, it's a booking. It's a booking. Oh, it's the wrong centre half. <laughs> And I had textures saying that an in-play bet that I had done at half-time with a five-pound free bet that I'd got was um, Dykes, O'Donnell and McGinn. And I had textures saying, I'm just waiting on McGinn and then he scored an overhead kick. 
yeah, yeah, you just said, but the text was, I'm just waiting on McGinn for <laughs> X amount. And I was like, do you mean to score or to get booked? And then as soon as I said that, he scored that overhead kick. And I was like, well, I, I hope it was to score. Uh, it was not. All he needed to do was take his shirt off to the fans. I had um, and then I'd, he'd have been covered. I got a, I got I had, a, I had a two pound free bet and like I had a betting account I've never like, a William Hill account that I've not used in years that came through on an email, and I was like watching the Scotland game. I'm looking at Hanley and O'Donnell in the second half that we switched that back four, and I was like, I quite fancy both of them get carded because it's only two bookings to miss a game in these qualifiers, mm-hmm. and I was like, we're playing Faroe Islands on Wednesday. Surely somebody's in there. You know how Sergio Ramos used to always get a booking? I take it and last... miss a game, we don't need you. Exactly. So I'm looking slate. at that going, like, 80th minute, I'm like, I'm going to stick two quid on both of them and get carded here. They must know that they're on a fucking suspension for a fairway Islands game. Go and get out of the way, then you're cleared. Now what's going to happen is both of them are going to get booked in the fairway Islands match that they shouldn't be starting, and they're going to yep. miss the fucking Denmark game. <laughs> That's what's going to happen now. See, the, see when you're talking about game management there do you know the worst one of the worst things that happened for Liverpool's season this year was Diego Jota or Diego Jota got mm. injured in a Midland game that didn't matter Yeah, he played him in a game where like overwhelmingly the fans were like I don't want to see any player as I know playing in this I want relatives showing up like this fucking manny of a brother <laughs> get him on right for fucking half an hour if he's got anything half the work rate that Manny's got, he'll be he'll be fine in this game, right? Played him. We get two injuries in that game. Why are you playing people when like our our and and that tweet that Paddy Power put up as well the about Mo Salah and the peg wall of death, um, which is where I Liverpool are doing the peg wall training where you've got like wooden chocks and you put them into like holes in a wall and climb up. He's about twenty feet in the air. He's yeah. about twenty feet up, and it's, it builds up her body strength, right? It's like Paddy Power were like, don't know why we're getting all these uh, injuries, can't fucking work it out. Mo, well, are we up the fucking peg wall of death and sort it out, would you? The Facebook, the Facebook group's been good, it continues to grow. Um, so if anyone's listening to the podcast, do search Trampled Bet Podcast on Facebook, join the group there. Chris Kelly, uh, one of our regular contributors, was um, posting about UFC 260. I think he had a couple of good wins in there as well. Uh, we also have a Discord channel which is getting used more and more, especially for members of our Patreon. Um, obviously, we said about the baseball episode is on our Patreon and free to listen to for everybody, but there's a lot of good content in there if you're part of the Trample Bet Club, which is £5.50 a month. Helps us uh, with our with our setup fees, our, our storage costs and all that good stuff. Uh, and in return, you get a weekly cheat sheet, which is all the picks we've mentioned uh, on the pod today written down. Um, and you can just open the Patreon app and, and see all the picks rather than having to listen and take notes. Uh, the baseball podcast, um, there'll be a US Masters podcast. Uh, myself and Gordon will do. Uh, the first golf's first major of the year is back on April 8th, Thursday, April 8th starts. So at some point next week, there'll be a US Masters uh, special edition uploaded to Patreon as well. So check it out. Excellent, excellent. So that's patreon.com forward slash tramplebet. £5.50 a month. We'd really appreciate your support. Um, really thankful for the people that have been supporting us the whole time. That was the podcast. Have a good weekend. Happy hunting. Bye. The Tramplebet podcast is produced by John Walker and Gary Black, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Find the next show you'll love at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.